Hello and welcome to the OWC Podcast, episode number 52. Football season's over. Congrats to our NFC neighbors to the north of us here in Illinois, the Green Bay Packers. This time of year, while it also brings the end of football season, also means that CES and Mackerel events for 2011 have come and gone. And we'll have more revelations on the two events later in the podcast. We also have lots to talk about in the world of Macs and iDevices. I'm your host, OWC Mike H., joined by OWC Grant and OWC Chris. So let's get the ball rolling with some Apple news. So you actually wrote that down and read it off onto the screen, right? Read it what? Off. You what? actually wrote that down, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I used to add Libet as the host, and I thought I did a pretty good intro, but I, 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 I like that, Mike. That, that brings a level of professionalism to this that might have been lacking. So. And Hooked on Phonics worked for him. <laughs> All right, well, take it away. Let's, let's talk about Apple stuff. In Apple news, uh, over the last few weeks, uh, Georgia, a Georgia state senator hopes to replace school books with iPads. So this is actually huge if the uh, education industry, so, uh, shall I say, is actually pulling from Apple instead of Apple pushing to them. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Well, we've been promised ooh, digital textbooks for years. I mean, back when I was in school, and we, we're going to have a digital classroom, and it never happens. Will so you have the pessimistic approach. I, I am very pessimistical. Oh, okay, I, I got to cut you off, Denise. You are totally missing the whole point of this. And when you guys sent this link as a possible discussion topic, I'm like, whatever. I dove into this, and it's huge. OMG, I may sound like a 16-year-old, but this is a public episode. This is, this is something where whole communities are going to force school districts to adopt this. And the reason is, it's financial. It's, it's, it's educational, but it's financial. Listen to some of these stats, and they're huge. You can, one school district figures out that they're spending $40 million a year on printing books, and that the events of 9-11 aren't even in that text yet. We're teaching our kids we're spending $40 million a year, and they don't even have the current information. I'd burn the damn books right now. And I'm not talking about going to a foreign country and doing it, but that's ridiculous. And mm-hmm. I mean, as much as the listeners know that I'm sometimes an anti-tech, it's, this is about fi- finances. There was another stat. Just two classrooms alone, you save $7,200. Two classrooms in a school. Right, probably pilot programs. $7,200 over the printing of textbooks. It, it, it's a no-brainer. This, this should be Georgia, hell. This should be mandated by the federal government that every school district in this country should start to do this because as mm-hmm. taxpayers and in one of the highest taxed counties in this country, in, in McHenry County, this is ridiculous. I want my administrators to get on this right now and start cutting the fat and improve our education quality while saving money. Yeah, I mean, those are the iPad is so young. I mean, relatively speaking, it came out in April, if I remember correctly. God, it's almost been a year. But um, I mean, those are pilot pilot programs. So those pilot programs have obviously proven successful, and now people are like, "Whoa, this can really save us money." I mean, people are just saying it's a game changer as far as getting kids who want, you know, have difficulty learning or not really interested in something to pick up something and make it, you know, find the way to make it teach or make them learn that they're interested in learning. They start paying attention more and they're intrigued by just the device alone. 
changes that barrier to learning. Well, and some of the schools, what they've done is they've just put the device in the classroom and they've been hands-off. And they're just letting people figure out, both the educators and the students, what to do with it and the, the depth that they're going into. And we're talking grade school kids on their experiences mm-hmm. I'll give a nod to Chris because, yeah, I've been hearing about the paperless office since the 80s, since I got into this industry. And, and yeah, they've been talking about the digital classroom. But this, when you look at both the financial aspects as well as that it's just it, it, it opens up the classroom and has immediacy to content. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not teaching three years ago information. We're teaching today breaking news. Yeah. We, we can have kids you know, uh, look at something, you know, real time, in, like in a science class. Let's look at a shuttle launch and say, what are your thoughts on that? And bring in, uh, you know, English composition to it as well. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, for the longest time, people have been promised it because people could, the futurists can go, wow, it's going to be that. But it takes until you find that right product that works correctly. And, you know, not, that's not to say the iPad's the golden master, but it does a lot well. So it can, it can get there and, you know, again, reduce the barriers to learning and hopefully if they can change it so that way all the kids in the school district can get it, you know, it's going to change that whole digital divide that exists between poor communities and richer communities as well. Okay, but looking now, looking at the poor communities, uh, what about the option of, okay, yeah, now every kid's got an iPad. They're not marked as targets to get mugged on the way home? Well, they don't get to take it home. It's, it's in school-based only iPads for the younger kids, from what I've seen. But, yeah, def- you're, you have that level uh, hitting you with high school in any area among the community so yeah but if everybody's got them why are the other kids going to rob you of them aside from to try to steal it but i mean you're going to have that happen anyway i mean if you walk around with white earbuds in the inner city of chicago you're making yourself a target because you're already announcing you have an ipod on you i don't know i, I don't think that i mean yeah um i, I just don't see it as a, a roadblock or a hurdle that people should be concerned about at the cost savings that I'm looking at, um, you can certainly have a few stolen whatever, and you're still going to be huge dollars ahead as well as the educational benefit of it. There's always the margin for droppage or stealing or anything like that. If people want to break into a school and steal them, fine. They could always do that anyway when computers were expensive and they had the computer labs going in schools with a room full of 50 computers in one spot. Besides Georgia, um, uh, from what I gathered from the article, New York and Chicago, Chicago is the third largest uh, school district in the country. Um, They're they're looking to implement this rather quickly as well. So Mm -hmm. this this isn't a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Yeah. Well, and if they're noticing that quick of a turnaround in grades to not just cost savings, but actual engagement by the students and, you know, just learning. I mean, that's, that's a win-win. When you have a win-win that big, educators talk among their other educators and other communities, and the word is going to spread like wildfire if it's truly that successful. Okay. And if, it can save, if it's going to save them that much money, it's just, it's just there. At some point in time, the textbooks people will be charging for their textbooks. It's just whether it's a digital version or not. They still want their money. Just how long can they hold on to that because it's an old-world industry. In other news, Apple responds, we want a cut of Amazon and Sony ebook sales. This is about uh, Apple knocking off Sony's ebook reader in the uh, iTunes app store because they want to restrict uh, purchases to be in-app purchases. That means Apple gets a cut. Thoughts? <laughs> well, it's kind of what you saw coming anyway, really. I mean... Yeah, but Amazon's e-reader, the Kindle, has been out on iPhone and iPad forever. 
Yeah, but they're going to be changing that around too. That they have to be. Um, oh, when you when you buy through Kindle, you actually trigger the web browser and you buy through them. But then your purchases show up in the app when you come back to the app. Yeah, that's that's probably going to wind up changing with this new uh, new thing from Sony or the fallout from that. They're going to change the restrictions on it. It might. I mean, Apple doesn't really restrict you from going outside your app into a web browser. Well, you know um, the. And for our listeners, we often have a topic with a question, and the, the topic was bad move on a bad PR move on Apple's part. And being marketing and PR manager here, <laughs> you can't do worse PR than what Apple just did. Because I got two things on this: a, Amazon's tagline for those of you that don't know is "Buy once, read everywhere." So they're basically, if they want to keep that tagline, they're going to have to pay to play, and that isn't going to make them happy. But more importantly, is the user comments on this. I, I was reading some of them, and one person really succinctly nailed it, and it really cuts to my core is, this isn't 1984. They're hypocrites. Apple is absolutely hypocritical. They ran that damn ad and changed the world back in 1984. It's still the measure of what all Super Bowl ads are measured by, and they are exactly that big brother talking head in that ad. They've gone full circle and yeah, I'm on a rant today, but it's it's outrageous. <laughs> it's absolutely outrageous. And and what they've really they're becoming a corporate monopoly. And you know they are again. You could go to the Wired.com article and read the comments. Just about everyone that replied said, "I'm done with the iPad. I'm done with Apple because of this move." Now, yeah, and then sure, once those... they use the Android product, they realize how much of a second rung citizen they are, and then they're going to be right back in the iPad and iPhone. You know what? As, as hard as it may be to say. When I read that, I was silently saying, you know what, man, I'm really pulling for Android now. I really want to see it become open. So, Well, I don't uh, quite think Apple's that evil for doing it, but uh, I don't think it's the end of the world either. I mean, Sony's e-reader is a joke anyway. I mean, who, who are you going to buy a book for? I'd buy it either on Kindle or on the iPad iBookstore. I'm not going to buy it on Sony's e-reader. It's such a me-too product from Sony that why Sony's still in business aside from PlayStation doesn't make any sense to me. I just I think it's ridiculous though. I mean, all right, I'll bring it. I'll tone it down a little bit and stop banging and being like the curmudgeonly old man on the Saturday Night Live. New. <laughs> we we read our information on Kindles and we liked it. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, I mean, God, come on, man. I mean, I like the I like the Amazon Kindle store. I mean, I've I've never bought a Kindle, but I've had it on my iPhone since it first came since the Kindle app first came out. You know, it was a little while until it came out on the iPhone since the first year was. Apples, and then um, I have it on my iPad. I mean, there's certain books I bought on there that is not available in the iBook store. But I'm not buying from Kindle anymore. I'm buying only in the iBook store if I buy a book. I do a lot of samples and read a few things. See, or, here's where a listener could say, "Ah, yeah. this is why you should always buy the hardcover version. You own it. It's yours. No one could tell you where you could take it's it. It's less convenient. <laughs> well, of course, but and oh, you know. I don't know. I kind of enjoy my hardcovers. That if I do, I, and I actually have done this. Sat there and typed the book, so I have it as a portable version as well. And used a you have an way EPUB, too much time an EPUB reader to wow. uh, or writer. To, I think that's actually uh, legal EPUBs. to do. You re the book <laughs> as long as I'm not redistributing it. For our female audience, Chris is a lovely young man, and he could certainly use your company. So please call us at OWC and. Maybe we'll start a dating show here on OWC Podcast. <laughs> Moving right along. So, yes, bad PR move, but I don't really see a huge hit in it. 
And um, let's uh, talk about the Motorola Zoom Super Bowl commercial. Tips hat to Apple's 1984. Since you just brought up 1984, it ties right in perfectly. How did you like Motorola's commercial against everything I in the Super Bowl? It was funny how you said commercial like uh-huh. that. Um, With air quotes. Here, here, yeah, and, and, and you can see my writing here. I wrote one comment. That's it? I was like, that's it? You're going to take on an iconic ad and come up with some, something what, less. Let's see. Hashtag fail. Um, you know, <laughs> LOL. I mean, what, what, what more emoticons, you know, can you come up with for yeah. that was drivel. That was one of the worst ads during well, the entire Super Bowl. I just don't think it communicated what their product was. They walked around with it. People kind of go, yeah. Well, yeah uh, okay. Okay, yeah, he's making an animation for yeah. some girl wearing white earbuds. Eh. There was nothing revolutionary. There was no call to arms. There was nothing that made me stand up and say, wow. Well, it was the politically correct version of 1984 commercial. <laughs> but what's funny you is... Make a sta- you're going to spend $3 million and be politically correct? I'm just saying, that, that's what it is. Oh, it's they a didn't million bucks for every 10 seconds? They didn't <laughs> want like that, to yeah. offend anybody. Well, they want to offend Apple, but I just don't think they did it. I mean, no, but they also lost in the court of public opinion an ability to say, "Oh, Motorola's got it going." They, it, they, well, don't, got, they don't got anything right now. That's the best fight. they could do. It's hard to fight the what the iPad does type commercial whine. Is you just instead of saying this is the best thing in the world, it's kind of go, "Here's what it does," and people go, "Ooh!" At least at one of those spots in the commercial. Whereas this, I mean, these Me Too products that are the Me Too tablets. They really can't rest on price because these things that are smaller are either the same price or more expensive. Some of them get down to two ninety nine, but the Zoom products rumored to be seven ninety nine, and, and that comes in at the most expensive version of the iPad. I just don't think it made it compelling. Remember what yeah. nineteen eighty four was? Didn't even show a computer. Didn't even show a device. Didn't even show an OS. It was a sentiment. Mm-hmm. And in this ad that Motorola put out, there wasn't a clear sentiment that they were superior taking over, making a difference. Or being revolutionary, which is exactly. what the 84 ad was. We're against the system. I don't abide by the system. And Oh, I think 1984 is a little... That ad is overhyped. I mean, I think it's something the agencies love. They go, wow, it's the best ad ever. But even then, normal people would be like, huh? okay, show me it. You had a solitary figure yeah. against a... Uh, uh, a sepia, well, it wasn't sepia. But you had Ridley Scott washed. telling the she story. She throws a yeah. hammer yeah. and smashes something. You're smashing through the Vi- barrier of Big Brother. Visually, it, yeah. it captivates you. The, 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 there was the storytelling is the perfect, yes. Yeah. There's, there's no emotion in the new one. I'm just yeah. saying, as far as product, I mean, the Macintosh when it first launched, and then it took off a little I mean, more. in all honesty, and it's probably because I'm in the tech industry, when that, the first couple seconds that ad came on, I, I stood up. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I was, I was wanting. What is this? I wanted something. It I wanted this want to more. be like. It made you question. Yes, and it did that and, job. And and I sat down at yeah. the end, and I just shook my head and said, "Man, you know, Motorola. If you need a marketing uh, person that's been doing ads uh, with award-winning results for 27 years, <laughs> <laughs> you need to find somebody." Yeah. <laughs> In other news as well, Apple's PC quotes, you know, quote end quote PC. Shipments grow by 241%. Uh, this comes from uh, Canalys, a well-respected global statistics company, so to say. Um, it includes the iPad and Samsung's Galaxy tab tablets as uh, PCs in the statistic. That would give uh, Apple 10.8% market share 
from 3.8 in 2009. Uh, the topic of this would be, though, does the iPad count as a computer or just a parable? Should I start massaging? What's a parable? Peripheral. <laughs> or a parable. I'm going to start massaging. I've always Chris's said parable incorrectly. Here, peripheral. All right, champ, Whatever. you go take them on. Take them on. It's Rock one of those out. isms. I, it's my Dan Quillism. I, just, and I can't get that yeah. one. I never it, get that word. Knock it, me over I, the head. I'm, I'm tired of people going, oh, it's a, it's a whole new computing platform. No, it's still a peripheral. It still requires you, when you take that iPad out of the box, what's the first thing you have to do? You have to plug it into a computer. Well, you have to plug in a computer with iTunes. Okay, even more so. You have to plug it into a computer (laughs) that's got iTunes. But nonetheless, you still have to plug it into another device in order to get it to work in the first place. They are going to do away with that. Once they do, then maybe we can reevaluate its status as a PC. But as of right now, it is not a computer. It's not, huh? Okay, Grant. You know, I look at it as what really, the, the lines of what really is a computer have blurred so much. I mean, just look at what constituted a portable computer. I mean, look at the first if Mac you portable. I mean, the, the Mac SE. I remember going to Mac it World. Back, well, no, back, wait, this was Apple Fest yeah. and carrying what looked like a garbage can. And people were like, oh, man, you got a portable computer. That rocks. Where's the outlet? Where's the outlet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I got to plug I, it in. Boy, um, I think almost just about every device today, if it if it connects to the internet, I think the majority of the public, let's say, looks at it as a computing experience. I think, and 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 that might not be right or wrong, Chris. I'm just saying I think that that's what you know the, the society is looking at. That if it it has an interface and it, it has an operating system and there's apps, and you can connect to the Internet, I think most people look at it now, and right or wrong. I'm not saying it. I, I agree with that. I'm just saying they look at it as a computer. So I'm just saying by that def- definition, it will also include smartphones, uh, right. mm-hmm. m- media PCs, or yeah. media even players. The, even the Palm Windows CE yeah. devices, which I would, I would legitimately say those were computers. And see, I would not count them as computers either. So you can edit PowerPoint, create Word document. I mean... If you're doing 98, 95% of what most people use a computer for, when do you stop not calling it a computing environment? It might not be a computer per se in, in your definition as far as I can edit video on it. Well, well, no, it's a personal computer, PC. Right, but it, it does so Yeah, but don't narrow it so much. It, it does so much. I mean, think about it. An iPhone, the first iPhone was what? How many times more powerful than what got us to the moon? Mm. Even the computers on the ground. Not just what's in the in the capsule, the computer on the ground plus in the capsule. What got us there? That thing's more powerful. Why aren't we at the moon? I don't know. But <laughs> it, it's it has to be a computer. It's just a matter of yeah, you might have to sync it with something. Fine, you got to sync it. But if it's doing ninety eight percent of your computing for you, it has replaced your computer and become your computer. It's still not. It's still that ninety eight percent until it yeah. does one hundred percent. It is not a computer. Technically, with that it's not line of thought, a computer. With that vein of thought, though, Chris, really, computers from their very inception were Abacus. technically were, were technically a peripheral until you loaded the software onto it. You couldn't do anything with a computer unless it came preloaded. Or the cards. You got uh. your little. Cards, you know, oh, the, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. You went out of the line. Boy, that was yeah. it. Threw the whole yeah. routine off. Got your stack of cards to load your program in. And, <laughs> and we went to the moon with those type of computers. I guess we'll look at it as is that the, the jury is undecided, or at least this, this panel is undecided on whether or not it truly is a computer or not. But They do run light versions of OS X. So, I mean, if you go by how many OS X devices there are out there, Apple is definitely growing hugely. 
as far as market share goes. Have a question about something discussed or looking for the links to the articles referenced in this episode? Please stop by the Other World Computing blog at blog.maxsales.com for links or to leave a public comment. We have an late edition. A late edition to the OWC podcast. A teardown reveals that the Verizon iPhone could have been dual mode. What that means is that instead of doing CDMA or GSM, it has a card that could make it a true global phone where it just has both of the formats on there, making it like a true world phone, so to speak. Um, there's a big freaking surprise. Yeah, they want to sell one version of I- iPhone yeah, 5. Gonna, yeah, when <laughs> iPhone 5 comes out, it's going to be two, or it's not going to be a separate phone for Verizon and a separate phone for AT&T. It's going to be one phone, and they're just going to have the different little label on it. There is one little bit of information that's actually more important than that in, in this article. Uh, the vibrator is being revised for being a smoother version, so it's less pronouncements on a table. Yeah, I think we're just going to let that one go. I don't really. So it just uh, vibrates smoother and less. Anybody, it, but people still use it. I mean, the vibrator. Yeah, I use my vibrator all the time. <laughs> Good night, everybody. In other news on that, you know, they've swapped out the vibration mode for a revised, smoother version, and you know, right there, I. Why would someone use that? And I know that you guys are going to say, well, if you're in a movie or something like that, but, you know, sorry for swearing, but shut the damn thing off. If you can't be in a place for two, three hours without constantly being in contact, I mean, I look at this like, ooh, great, big news. And, okay, I'll be negative and pessimistic here, and maybe some people are like, great, so it'll be smoother and it won't be as disruptive or I can leave it on a table and it won't, you know, shake itself right off the table, but... Come on, give me a break. I mean, Actually, I don't like the news because I keep mine on silent mode all the time. Well, there you go. So it's like if it were softer, I would hear it less if it's on a table or whatever. I mean, I know that coming from a tech uh, company and from someone that's been in tech, uh, it may be hard to hear. But, man, sometimes just shut it off, will you? Well, I'm, I'm with you because I think cell phones are rude. So that's why mine's always on silent mode. It's never on the normal mode, except if I use it as, like, an alarm next to my uh that or anything like that if I'm traveling or whatever, but it's always on quiet mode for me. I mean, we're going to get people on the point where it's going to be like, I'm going to be sleeping for eight hours. Oh, my God, what am I going to miss during that? I, I, I should set an alarm to wake I me up every hour. Post. It's I, not so much that. Is the sun rising? I don't know. I should wake up and find out. <laughs> uh, for a more practical look at it, uh, what if um, you happen to have it in your coat pocket? You know, okay, it's vibrating. You'll be able to feel it. Yeah, maybe. But you might, but you might not be able to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's rude. I mean, I hate to be like in a conversation with somebody all of a sudden is like, boop, 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 boop. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I got to take this because my, my conversation on the phone is more important than the one I'm having in front of me right now. Well, there you go. Right there. Well, this is not, a whole social 
social media it's or not, not even, even necessary. social media. Like, oh, I have to take this. No, you don't. No, exactly. <laughs> Just let the damn thing ring. It'll get your voicemail message, and boom, when you're available from you know uh, ending your in-person communication, then you can go to a virtual one. Right. Uh, but you're also assuming that the person that you're talking to Has is manners. No, the person that you're talking <laughs> to is actually the one receiving the call. What if it's the idiot in the next cubicle who has his set his ringtone set to Manama? Nah, that Manamana. goes then for you know eight rings. Then you go over there with the hammer, dispose of that person's said cell phone. That's the new function of the iPhone of the iPhone five. It's going to be uh, more industrial designed and heavy duty, so you can crack them in the head with it and knock some sense into them. What I'd want to do is uh, actually step it up a notch and make the darn thing like rattle off the table because I, I never hear the dang thing. I'm so used to the sound it has. All right, now that's enough with the news and other fun stuff out there. It's time for What's New at OWC. We have some new products we've uh, launched at CES Macworld and even after CES and Macworld. Let's talk about OWC Media Center. Well, cool thing about that, and I still haven't even gotten my hands on it. I think uh, if any of you met me out at Macworld, I was, uh, I'm the big, tall, bald guy. Um, and there's actually a cool guy that I used to see at the shows, and it's bigbaldguy.com or something like that. But the uh, the media center is um, it's the big claim to fame is, is that it's the first three screen, meaning TV, PC, and mobile device media management system. And what you do is you send in your mini to us, your Mac Mini 2010. We load Plex onto it. That's the media management software, and you know. The, I, the big thing about this is people are like, well, you're not really creating anything. And, and the, the answer to that is you're correct. What we are doing, though, is we're saving you all the time, the hassle and the headache of figuring out what works with what, what do I need, what do I need to buy. The only real decision you have to make is how to plug in an HDMI cable. So everything is bundled. So it's Plex. It, we upgrade your RAM to uh, 4 gig of RAM. We do that in 48 hours or less. We get your mini back to you. We include a storage solution, the Mercury Elite QX2, in a variety of different capacities, up to 12 terabytes. So however big your media library is, we'll have the capacity for you. And then we offer some um, uh, recording and um, capture devices from Elgato, like their hybrid and a uh, DVR system. So And there's also an external uh, Blu-ray option if you uh, add right. Blu-ray to your uh, Mac Mini. You got it. We got an external for that for importing uh Blu-ray movies into the media center. Right, bus powered too. So, yeah. um, you know, check it out. It's it's on our site. It's uh, it, it's it's not for everybody. If uh, you know, like OWC Mike here, uh, he's he's kind of a home theater enthusiast, so he would spend his time, you know, putting together all the various components and really researching it. But for a busy executive, for a uh, parent, you know, old, uh, elderly parents, something like that, where you're really looking for something turnkey, this is about as easy as it gets. Yeah, since uh, the Mac Mini came out, I mean, it's always been online in the home theater industry. People have been like, how do I convert my Mac Mini to be a home theater PC, so to speak? And so this actually takes it one step forward by actually allowing you to burn your Blu-ray that you own, blue your D- burn your DVDs that you own into this. And, I mean, it's pretty carefree. You press play and go. be ripping, not burning, but... Depends on how you want to put it. No, burning actually is recording of a disc. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, actually, uh, we've been talking about this this particular kind of concept, for, uh, at least around here at OWC, for well over a year. Um, actually, about this time last year, we were uh, just talking about how to do it. 
Um, and then when the 2010 uh, Mac Minis came out with an actual HDMI connection. That sealed the deal. That kind of sealed the deal in making a turnkey uh, product. Before that time, there was an issue with getting pure resolution on your screen. A lot of people I'd always hear, oh, I converted my Mini and I just put up with my 10% overscan issue I had. And you don't have to put up with that anymore. You can actually view it all. Well, at this, actually, around this time last year, didn't uh, Newer Tech uh, put out a, uh adapter of some sort that, that went directly from the uh, DVI out to an HDMI adapter mm-hmm. with, and then also took the uh, five or the digital audio out of the Mac mini and put it in. So it was a, uh, the items are, are around. And if I had the, you know, cash on hand to do that, this is exactly the kind of setup I'd be doing. Yeah. It makes it real convenient for selecting your movies and all that. You got different. Yeah, so it's, it, it's not a low end system by any means, it's not a cheapo you know, 40 bucks over it. Well, compared to the other parts in the industry, though, it is actually affordable and comparative in price to what you would pay for out of hand. And then also, um, the other there's another high-end product that's been out in the industry since 2001, I believe, and that's uh, Kaleidoscape. They're really expensive. I mean, it requires an installer to come out for them to install it so that way it works for you and their, and their servers are not cheap. Yet at the same time, I know that there are other... Uh, less expensive hard drive based ones um, on the market. I actually have one at home because I can't afford the Mac Mini setup, which I would love to absolutely, absolutely love to have. You know, if so, if any of our listeners would like to actually purchase me a Mac Mini in this whole <laughs> system, that'd be really great. You know, you can just send it to a podcast at MacSales.com and we'll get you the information. Well, you know what? This podcast could really be beneficial for you, Chris. You might get a girlfriend and a Mini out of it. Woo-hoo. But, but also, levels. it's about the user interface too. The user interface for this is pretty darn slick. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Customizable. Yeah. 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 Plex's interface yeah. is absolutely gorgeous. And then you have it just auto start when you start up your uh, Mac Mini, and so that way it works more like a component than it does a computer. Right. So that and that would be real. You know, it's it's just real enticing as a product, even for me. You know, I'm usually I'm a disk man. I like passive storage versus active storage. But this actually would could turn me over and say this is actually pretty nice. Another new product that was launched just uh, last night here from OWC was uh, the OWC Rack Pro. We have updated versions, actually more than update, redesigned and redone versions of the uh, OWC Rack Pro. That's a, a 1U rack-mounted uh, storage server, so to speak. Um, has up to 4 drive capacity, up to 12 terabytes, you know, if you put 3 drives per bay. Uh, comes in a multi-interface environment with eSATA, USB 3.2, FireWire 800, 400. Miss anything there? No. Oh, yeah. The big, the big news on these is some of the new features or, or enhancements to them. Um, I mean, a rack's a rack, although it's nicer design and whatnot. But um, a couple of things ours is that they're convertible for desktop use now, so you can remove the, uh, they call them the mounting ears. You can take those off and put Anti-skid vibration dampening feet. Yes. So in not, other words, rubber feet. Right? <laughs> that's why I'm in marketing. Well, no, they're, they're pretty no, slick. No, but they, they are. They're, 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 and, yeah. You know, okay, I, I, I'll enhance a feature, but it's still, nonetheless, um, they, they absorb It's a one nice look in the foot. Yeah. It's just, it's just not a, a stinking foot that we just throw up there with some felt on it, okay? Yeah. So, we don't um, do that here. Yeah. It's all high quality, high performance. So Actually, um, by taking those ears off, it'll actually tying back into the other product we had just talked about the media center that'll fit really nice in your uh, audio or your AV equipment rack. Well, no, because we're already doing the QX2. But True. good thought. I mean, if you wanted to piece this together, perhaps on your own. But 
But anyway, the other uh, the other aspects to the rack that are new, and and you were going in a good thought here that if you wanted to use this uh, in a media situation, is is that um, we now offer an independent mode. So all the drives, if you don't know what that means, all the drives show up as individual volumes on the desktop, and you can hot swap the drives at will. So just almost think of it as a four bay drive dock um, when you're using it in an independent mode. Um, the other uh, new feature is we have a mini SAS version, and for those of you that, well, what's that mean? Basically, you can take four channels of data now and use one connector. You don't need to have, it basically takes four drives and consolidates them all into one cable. Right, and without bandwidth limitation. Right. They get full bandwidth to each drive, and pretty darn nice. So, um, speaking of when we're talking about Rack and Pro, we have a uh, new product uh, that just got put up yesterday. Uh, we were still uh, working on announcing that. It's the Mount Pro, where you can put a uh, SSD, any two-and-a-half-inch drive you have, whether you want to get a new one or you have one laying around from a notebook swap. It goes simply right into a drive bay in a Mac Pro, uh, connects with the uh, drive connector right in the back, so it's truly yeah. just plug-and-play. No, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a modified drive tray where it fits in the 2.5 to get it to the right spot, so you can just slide it in and out of your yeah. Mac Pro. Yeah, it looks yeah. pretty slick. It's blue anodized, so it kind of nice visual cue to let you know that, okay, that's the one that has the SSD in it, let's say, if that's your boot drive or whatever. And then going back to the Rack Pro, I mean, when I first heard, hey, we could use this for desktop, I'm like, who would use a 1U storage device like an X-Serve or whatever on your desktop? Because usually those are notoriously loud, but this one, the Rack Pro, is not loud at all. It's as loud as a G-Max, which is actually whisper quiet for the most part. Yeah, we, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty sensitive to the noise environment. And, and really, I mean, most of our products are used in, in the high-end storage lines. They're used by videographers, photographers, people that really don't want to have any kind of uh, ambient noise. And so, uh, you know, we coined that phrase of whisper quiet because, you know, we've been doing a lot of DB testing and even like our GMAX that you mentioned, Mike, um, it's as loud as a recording studio. So, you know, if you can imagine... It's pretty quiet. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So the fans are unobtrusive to say the least. Yeah, when I saw the the, uh, product development guys have have the Rack Pro on their desk, I then like, I switched my mind completely because this, this guy's not that deep anymore. Right. The old Rack Pro was a little deeper. and just shaved off, what, like three inches, four mm-hmm. inches? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not really up on the spec there. Sorry about that, listeners. And then, uh, yeah, it was on their desk, and I, I could definitely see using that. It just depends on what form factor you'd like. And I, I could definitely see that. For me, it'd be, do I want to get a Rack Pro? Do I want to get a QX2? What are the options? I would, I would weigh my options on it. It's definitely another great form factor to consider now. All right, like I said before, we got to talk Macworld 2011, CES 2011. Uh, Macworld's a pretty good show for us, too. We got some awards for the uh, OWC Mercury MBA Express. That's our SSD for the uh, MacBook Air 2010. The yeah, our, model's coming out. They yeah, are out. Yeah, our Aura Pro Express Aura for Pro the Express. Uh, 2010 MacBook Airs. Uh, I was there, Grant, at uh, both shows, and uh, boy, it, uh, it's just amazing the reaction uh, from everybody, the, the consumers, media, whatever, on our SSDs. And, I mean, you know, arguably we have the fastest uh, SSD on the market as well as uh, the lowest price, you know, with that 40 gig uh, from the Mercury Extreme Pro that started this off over a year ago, now at $99. I mean, it's just, it's, it's. And more importantly, the most reliable, too. Well, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it really, you know, we use the word transforming, but for $99 you can just absolutely change a MacBook, MacBook Pro, you know, any Mac or PC. You know, if you can get your OS and your apps on 40 gig of space and 
you know, so yeah, we uh, we got uh, best of show from MacWorld. We got best hardware, uh, best of show from Mac Life. Notebooks.com gave us best Mac hardware upgrade. Uh, we got a lot of different podcasts and interviews. Uh, typical Mac user, mymac.com, uh, MacBreak Weekly. Um, boy, I, I'm, I'm forgetting so many other people out there that uh, stopped by and wished us uh, uh, just you know good wishes as well. Uh, you know, Adam from Tidbits and uh, um, uh, Tua, and boy, you just you run down the list of the people that are in the Mac community and just you know. Kind of saying, you know, add a boy, keep it up. It was uh, it was very gratifying, and my voice is going right now as I'm talking because that's what MacWorld was like. Um, it, we literally didn't have, so I'll, I'll apologize to any of you that came by the booth. We 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 could have used another person or two to talk to the crowds. Uh, that's certainly uh, the, the people haven't left MacWorld. That's for sure because uh, I'd, I'd estimate that we uh, didn't get to talk to about 25 percent of the people that that came by our booth. We just couldn't engage them because we had a line of people waiting to talk to each one of the four representatives that were there. So, um, and with how exciting it is to have, you know, yes, we have the SSD for the new latest MacBook Air, and we also have the SSDs for uh, version two and three or whatever. Yeah, I mean, as as you know, as I told people, really, right now, OWC has the most complete line of SSDs for uh, Macs or PCs, especially Macs uh, made over the last ten years. So, yeah, if you got a computer that's working now, we most likely have an SSD for you. Yeah, and you know, the the, the gratifying thing was the people that have a, an IDE ATA machine, you know, so like a PowerBook and iBook, and and their eyes just lighting up when they realize that they can put a SSD in their machine, and you know. I'll even tell the listeners, you know, I mean, you'd be like, why would you spend, you know, maybe, you know, two ninety nine, four seventy nine? Well, it's a heck of a lot less money than what twelve hundred dollars. I mean, okay, I got, you know, I, oh, if my kids are listening, I can't tell them that because that was a Santa Claus present. But, um, you know, I was kind of having an argument with a gentleman that was um, uh, a deaf mute, and and so we were communicating by paper, and he was like, you know, too expensive, and I'm like, no, four seventy nine versus twelve hundred. Do the math. You know, you can have a like new machine and save $700 and get three, four more years out of it. Because as you touched on, Mike, computing for most people is comprised of word processing, some spreadsheet use, maybe some video, you know, email, you know, maybe some garage band, maybe that's a little bit esoteric for some people, Mm -hmm. but, you know, email and some surfing. I mean, it's, it's not being processor intensive, you know, you know, not everyone uses Photoshop. Not everyone uses, you know, creative, you know, uh, creative suites. So, Um, so really, you know, the, the big news, I guess, to summarize our trade show involvement was SSDs plus everyone got to see all the new storage devices that we have out there, like the Guardian Max's Miss Mini, the, uh, Mercury Elite Pro Dual Mini, uh, you know, storage, and then even like, you know, some, some ancillary products where people are like, wow, I didn't know that you guys did that. We have a really cool line of NuGuard keyboard covers. For MacBook, MacBook People Pro. Love those. Oh man, yeah. yeah. Well, in fact, we had two stolen from the booth, so that's how much <laughs> they love them. Yeah. <laughs> so, borrowed, borrowed. Yes, yes. Borrowed. Borrowed. They'll return them. Tempor- temporarily used. So. Well, the important point on the SSDs is that yes, we have we have a decent entry price, only ninety nine dollars for forty gig, but you can step up as you go. I personally bought a sixty for my MacBook uh, Pro thirteen inch. That was only about one thirty nine when I bought it. Um, yeah, I and, did the same. Yeah, I, I, I got the sixty gig. I mean, you can always step up to whatever price you want, whatever size you want as far as SSDs. For a lot of people, I mean, 60 to 120 gig is going to be enough for their photo libraries, their iTunes library, and everything they have. And if it's not, you get a, a you take the 
OWC data doubler. Yeah, data doubler, and you take take the spinner you took out of the out of the your original hard drive, and you yeah you replace your your, optical drive with put all your data there. Relocate your home folder, which we actually do have a walkthrough how to do that on our website. Uh, You can actually find that information on Mm blog.maxsales.com. Yeah, you have tons of cool options. I mean, you could. Go with an SSD and a normal hard drive, or you can take your laptop if you want to just think laptop only and go up to two terabytes on a laptop. Or you can put the SSD in anything. The 2.5 goes in a Mac Pro. It'll, it'll go in other things. Hey, to round up this area on trade shows, I'd like to uh, ask the listeners, if there is a trade show that you attend that you haven't seen OWC at and you'd like us to be there, just hit us at podcast at maxsales.com and uh, drop your thoughts on that so you know we can consider it. We, we, as you know, we do Macworld, and we're now doing CES. We're planning on attending both those shows next year, but we're open to a lot of other ideas. We've looked at a couple others and thought maybe we might get lost, but uh, with some user feedback, uh, that might push us uh, in the right direction. All right, we have one last bit of news that uh, we separated from the normal news section because, well, it's about Facebook. Uh, Facebook is going to let advertisers republish user posts. What that means is if you posted that you liked a product or said something positive about a product, they're going to automatically repost that post on the side area in advertising for you. So you actually don't own what you put in Facebook. Everything you put in Facebook, they're saying they own. They get to put up wherever you want. They're just helping use it out the for advertising. advertising. Yeah, advertising. Well, that's funny because if you uh, we were going into this segue talking about the movie The Social Network, and if you've seen that movie, the whole thing was about not monetizing it and not about advertising. And it's funny that now it's like, well, let's let's figure out how much cash we can wring from this sucker. Well, eventually, advertise, uh, investors want to know, hey, where's the money? Oh yeah, you got to make some money with it somewhere. They learned their lesson from that dot com bust, yeah. man. Just oh, we're gonna you're gonna make a mall. Okay, I'll give you some money. No, that's not gonna work. They want some money out of it. Um, I've never been a huge fan of Facebook myself just because I don't like their privacy settings. Uh, every time they make an upgrade, they set your privacy to public. It's not really nice. There's, that's anti-privacy. That's not a pro-privacy. I'd love to read the privacy statement, but I just don't care about uh, Facebook. I don't put myself out there that way. Why Facebook's, though, so I'm not happy with it, but he wants to do it. What do you guys think of Facebook? I, I use it for work. Um, I have a public uh, profile that's OWC Grant, and I just keep it to business-related, and that way people that know me in the industry can keep in touch with me on what I'm doing in a professional manner. But uh, for my personal, uh, right, personal. life, uh, I don't publish uh, that information at all. It's just between uh, me and those that know me real well. As I always say, if you want to know what I'm doing, pick up the phone, or come over to my house because yep. it would be a Say much hi. better time. It's like the, it's almost the anti-social network. Yeah. You want to know what I'm doing? Just read about it. I'm doing something. You know something what? Now. I, just, I yeah. just read an article uh, yesterday that said that g- the growing trend will be for future generations that privacy will actually become a novel element and there will be a uh, change in philosophy on that. You know, Everything's what, public. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm more on the private side myself. I'm an old curmudgeon. I guess I'll just go back to to Chris here, who's kind of like just grimacing, and it's just like it goes back to the old statement of, I like Cheetos. Really isn't that interesting. Yeah. That's more your Twitter analogy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I spend a lot of time on Facebook, actually. Just I've actually caught up with a lot of people that I haven't seen in years. I heard heard the best argument was... Now, at the the same time, some of these are people that I... Is that in between typing your books into... uh... Yeah, in between typing (laughs) books. I'll type my books so I can read them portably. (laughs) 
Well, if there, it's only if it's a good book that I... I got to retype this. This is freaking good. <laughs> Where's my typewriter? Hey. <laughs> I need some pages. Is, is this, a, thing's making, is, this thing's is going portable. Is correcting Isn't it already in a book format? Uh, said yeah, portable? but I'm not going to pay for the EPUB after I already paid for the hardcover. I'm with you there. You know, yeah, one, one time purchase, but they haven't figured out how to solve that little problem there. But... uh. <laughs> Going back to Facebook, I mean, the, the, the thing I, one of the funny things that I heard about Facebook is your friends are usually a list of people you didn't get with in high school. Ah. So use your own imagination what that is. Well, that, that's only because people don't or always accept a, an, an invitation. Yeah. Oh, do you want to be my friend? Yes. No. No. I don't, think I don't so. want to be your friend. I didn't care about you then. I don't care about you now. My parents always <laughs> said, be selective about your friends. That's actually good advice. Let's see. Uh, well, Twitter already offers something called promoted tweets. So you, you got them. Twitter's going to try to remonetize. Yeah, but the Twitter tweets are uh, the Twitter <laughs> tweets. No, they, they. I don't Twitter. They're actually written by the companies. <laughs> Love it. They're they're not. There's a verb. They're not grabbed from you know private users' profiles. I don't think there's anything private about well, Twitter though. You just kind of click whoever, and you can see what they've been tweeting about. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if you use TweetDeck and you want to follow anyone or anything, I mean, you can, you can follow subject, someone. Yeah. I, you don't have to approve someone following you. You just follow them. So it's, it's a different model than Facebook. But, but, but that is a pub, that's People know that going in, like that's a public right, right. forum. Or, but know. even that, you don't necessarily have to actually follow them. You can set up a search within TweetDeck right. and just follow all sorts of different topic. words, topics, yeah. whatever. So Yeah. So, um. Is Facebook going to sink, or uh, no. we're trying to make this? No, they're buck? not going to no? sink for it, but I think they are sinking pretty low. Just, I mean, I just want to say there was a time when people thought MySpace wasn't ever going to go away either. I mean, people just like putting themselves out here on Facebook, but eventually you will burn them enough where you get people to pull away. They they've had some bleeding, but they're also then they they've responded. You know, they've had their PR issues last year, and then they just kind of sweep them aside and say, "No, no, no, we're not for." Oh wait, well we're for. Oh wait, we're not. For, yeah, we're for. And then they just people just stop listening to them. Then time heals all wounds, and they start signing back up again. You know, it, it could be the user experience, but I also think that what really comes down to social. Uh, so since we're on the topic of Facebook, is you can go and look at people's profiles, and when they actually, and no offense to anybody, but when they actually start to get a life, and what I mean by that is. They get a house, they get a wife, and they get kids. You can see the amount of activity on their profile. It gets lower, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Not necessarily. I have a couple people in my private network there, or private as you can get on Facebook, uh, my personal network, that uh, you know they've got kids, and that's all you hear about every day. Oh well, such and such did this. Such and such spit up on herself. Right. Such and such did. Right. Right. You get. Oh, it's, you it's get the novel. It's the novelty of the the baby. But when the baby starts to get active, and then you really start spending time with them, and then you've got activities. Trust me, there's no time in the day or night. By the time you reach exhaustion, to say, "Well, I'm going to go spend a couple hours on Facebook and tell people that I hardly even know what's going on in my life." Well, there there is Facebook addiction, just like email addiction, where you get constantly used to the push or pull of information. And they're yeah. weak people. It's like any other kind well, of addiction. I, mean, Alcohol, there, I know tobacco, a lot of people whatever, like that. Just cold you, turkey it, yeah. man, and cut it out. You, you get the, That's when you get the Facebook entries of going to bed. It's like, don't care. Uh, I don't care if you went to bed i don't care if you're going to the doctor this well, morning. that's usually do the after, highlights that's usually after they've uh 
tied in their Facebook status with their Twitter feeds. Yeah. And everything's going nuts. Going I wonder to if bed. they have their iPhone on vibration mode at that point. Then. Probably do because I don't want to miss a beat. They're Absolutely. addicted to that constant input output of the day. And you get it, you know, when you don't get an email for a day and you're used to getting emails every day, you go, oh, oh. You know, you pull back and you're like, oh, my God, I'm addicted to email. I have a slight addiction to email. I know that. But I could still, I can turn it off for a weekend. But there's times like, ooh, what I get? what I get? And I can see that happening with the Facebook people. Go, ooh, who's doing this? Who's doing what? Tommy told Jane this. You know, whatever. You know, they get used to that. And you just see these really ambiguous posts of people sharing too much. I went in for surgery yesterday. They did this, that, and this to me. Here's photos. Like, oh. <laughs> Why? <laughs> defriend. And, my, and, then, and then my wife gets, don't defriend, that's my account. And oh, well, <laughs> that's They're gross. They should be defriended. Defriend, yes. defriend. Like, so, I mean, it's cool to catch up a little bit, but beyond that, I kind of I went away from it really quickly. Well, speaking about social uh, media and Twitter, uh, we got Tweet of the Month. Yeah, we've got uh we had it we had it narrowed down to three, but uh this one from Russell, uh in regards to our SSDs, it was every time I see disk throughput on my MacBook Pro break one hundred and fifty megabytes per second, I get all tingly. Woohoo! Well thanks for joining us for this uh this month's episode of the OWC podcast. Uh if you want to catch us more and get more deals, we have a great newsletter that sends out weekly the hot deals blast. Uh you sign up at uh MaxSales.com, just hit newsletter in the top header of the website. It's right there in the center. You'll be able to find that and click away, sign up. You'll get a, a weekly special deals uh, podcast, or sorry, email. Uh, actually, a lot of deals in there, so go get and, that. You know, you might want to really think about that. It's like, oh, God, I need another email. Well, I'll give you a reason why. Well, one of the reasons why you should sign up for the newsletter, uh, and this also shows what kind of honorable company OWC is, when uh, I was out at Macworld and OWC Mike H here was back at the home fort here working on the newsletter send, um, we had a pricing error actually the first time, I believe. Oh, yeah, on the website. It wasn't on the newsletter. When you click on a, on a two-terabyte link, uh, in that search result came up a two terabyte drive that was for five ninety nine. Yeah, and I mean, so obviously that that obviously wasn't the correct price, but we came up with a special price, which still was just an incredible deal. It was ninety nine dollars mm-hmm. for a two terabyte drive, limit two. And again, the only way you'd know about that was through the OWC newsletter, the Tips and Deals yeah, and newsletter. That, that was a substantial price. I think it was the original price was one twenty nine or one thirty nine or something for that drive, and to knock them off down to ninety nine, it was like, ooh, that had me thinking about it. But you know, I didn't need to drive well, the word at the moment. Word spread because I mean, yeah. like I said, people were coming up to me in the booth at MacWorld saying, "How do I get that uh, special drive deal?" I go, "Well, it's part of the you know MacWorld spread." No, 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 there was some sort of email or something. I'm like, yeah. "Oh, you got to get on the Tips and Deals newsletter then." Yeah, you missed this one, but hey. <laughs> so yeah, if uh, you know, it, it is another email. It's one per week, but. But as you can tell, well worth getting it for that special insight. And again, if uh, we make a mistake, uh, we'll we'll come up with a great offer for you. Yeah. And then um, also when you sign up for that newsletter, we do have great netiquette, so to speak, that you will not receive any other email from any other parties. It's only from us, and it's only for the reason you wanted it. So you only get a hot deals blast. You can also sign up for a tips and deals newsletter, but that only comes out every three months or so. Uh, that will also have some other deals, but the blast is the hot deals blast is really where you're going to get those special prices. The tips and deals is more about news and phone industry insights from OWC's uh, owner, Larry. You've been listening to OWC Radio, the official podcast of the world computer. We'd love to hear from you. 
Email us at podcast at maxsales.com and we'd be happy to share your comments and contributions on an upcoming episode. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to hearing from you.